Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do another TV season and I guess series review. I am your host Matthew. Joining me today I have two co-hosts. They are Gray and David. How are you both doing? Uh, doing well. Good, thank you. Good. Yep. good. Um, so we're here today to discuss and review both the third and final season of Ricky Gervais's Afterlife Netflix TV show and kind of a discussion on the, on the series itself. I have a few things to say about the, the three seasons. Um, so let's start off spoiler free, we'll, we'll do this the way that we normally kind of do it, we'll do spoiler free discussion, then we'll get into some housekeeping and whatnot, and then we'll get into spoilers for those of you who haven't caught the season. Um, I'm going to go first with my, uh, I've had a few thoughts on my mind like all day about this, so I'm going to get those off of my chest and then I'll go to one of you two and then we'll continue our spoiler free, spoiler free thoughts and then we'll just continue things from there. Um, so I thought this third season was incredible. Uh, for me, if I'm looking at the three seasons as a bigger package, obviously as a series, I would kind of label these as the first season for me is a 10 out of 10, like, masterpiece. The second season, I think, is a sort of 9 out of 10, like an excellent show. And the third season, I would say, is kind of bang in the middle, like a 9.5, but still, overall, as a as a three seasons of, of a show, I think the show overall is a masterpiece. I just think there's a very, very slight drop off in season two but then in season three i felt like it just came roaring back but it was never ever like bad at, at any point um a couple of things that really stick out about me this with this third season and and the see the series overall I, I would say it's quite incredible ricky's ability to write emotional scenes out of scenes that have nothing in them like scenes that kind of are just your really normal everyday stuff like feeding the dog or um well some of us don't really greet the postman like Ricky does some just you know post a letter through and and then go off but um like having conversations with um your friends at work and people in the park and things like just really normal everyday stuff and this is a very sort of like um people living a very kind of ordinary life kind of thing series like mo most of the characters are doing pretty normal things like going to work or going to the park or just interacting chatting with other people going to the pub th th those sorts of normal things maybe a bit of sports in especially in this third season uh now and again and it's just ricky's ability to have scenes that have really nothing going on but be able to just pull so much emotion out of them I, I i can't really i mean we have a lot of like obviously incredible writers in this industry and like directors and actors and all that kind of thing but specifically for that type of thing i don't think anybody quite does this on the level that ricky does it and also his ability particularly a bit more in the first season but certainly still in the second and third season to make you as an audience member one minute be like you know really really sort of sad about a particular scene and then the next scene or like a moment later not even sometimes within the same scene making you laugh and the ability to write something like that and obviously himself be a part of it as an actor um i i don't think anybody else really does that th those two things and, and puts those two things hand in hand quite so well as what ricky um actually does and it just you know as the episodes were going on these these six short episodes for this season and obviously for the other episodes of the other seasons it just it just carried its momentum it was just quality 
throughout and um i'm really really happy with how this this thing finished and i can't wait to see what ricky um does next so those are my sort of like initial thoughts on the the series as a whole the season ricky gervais as, as a creator um and, and that kind of stuff um so i'll go to one of you next uh david i'll go to you what did you think of the uh the third season here or the the series as a whole for this um, show. I, I think the series as a whole has been brilliant. It was interesting to see Ricky actually come to a third series of a show because mm. he's never done that before. Um, and I think he manages to, to carry it through. Um, there are certain, some of the gags that get slightly more vicious in the third season, I think, than maybe they, they've been in the first and second. And I mean, they were pretty vicious, some of the gags in the first and second season as well. But um, he still manages to keep that heart to it throughout the whole thing. And um, particularly the way that he rounded it off and ended it, which was sort of slightly ambiguous, but I think worked incredibly well. Uh, it, it's, it's just been one of his, if not his best work so far. Um you know, I, I mean, the, the I've been a huge fan of his stuff. I mean, the office, the original office, I thought was brilliant. Uh, extras, I thought was wonderful. I didn't really see Derek, but um, I, I just he's he takes these really odd, interesting subject matters, and they, you know, I mean, this is a sort of exercise in in grief, I guess. Mm. Uh, this this series, and. I like the fact that that you know he's he, it it's got a sort of central focus to it of um you know this this idea of this entire series is basically looking at sort of how to deal with grief um and I just think it's it's a very unique perspective in the way that he deals with that throughout the whole thing um and uh, and still manages to make it unbelievably funny and i I think you're saying that the flip from having these incredibly kind of intimate poignant scenes and then something or or just hilariously funny happen you know immediately afterwards and you you get this sort of flipping backwards and forwards between those two things and it it balances so incredibly well it just wonderfully done throughout it's it really is a kind of masterpiece of of just crafting something that works together i think mm-hmm. definitely yeah uh great what about you what do you think um so uh, my relationship with ricky gervais is is i see pretty much as marmite i think i've gone through his career and um there are things that have really hit the right spot and that haven't so um for example the office while i appreciated it i wasn't a huge follower and that might be controversial because people say that obviously was his best work um whereas uh, by the time i got to extras i absolutely loved it what they what he did with extras was absolutely fantastic and then i sort of gave derek a wide berth it didn't seem to sort of hit what i wanted it to but then when it came to afterlife i fall in love with it and and in fact it, to me it's one of his best pieces um i have a, a slightly different relationship with season two i felt um season two for me personally hit uh, more notes 
um, as a viewer and like especially some of the sort of the storylines within that and the development of the characters into this more ensemble piece I think that was a real obvious step in season two to develop that ensemble and that community and um to build relationships into those characters and season one was very much uh, based on ricky i felt um i i enjoyed season three there were some more marmite moments which i'm sure we'll talk to in the spoiler section where i i, I found them a little bit frustrating or a little bit satisfying depending on what what, what we're talking about but ultimately it is definitely up there i I appreciate what he does um, and he's a divisive person and, and therefore I think he's devi- he's created divisive um, media in essence because we could talk about some of the films he's been in as well that are literally you either love it or you hate it there doesn't seem to be an in-between um, but in essence that you know I really like this the ensemble for me does bring um, a lot of it to the forefront and i feel how he plays off some of those amazing actors and comedic actors as well is absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. yeah definitely i think for me um i do think afterlife is his best work and i think i i did watch derek i watched all of it and i i loved it um and that had like cole pilkington for for i think the first season or start the second season i think um, so that I, I very much enjoyed. Um, I think my favourite thing that he's done is the Ricky Gervais show, which aired on um, E4. Most of these things have aired on E4, Channel 4, or or, uh, or, or Netflix. Um, but uh, that was my, my favourite thing that he did, the Ricky Gervais show. Um, and yeah, he's just he's just got such a great creative mind, I think. And it's just... I mean, in Derek, you did also have a few of those sort of this is really like basic everyday life things, but the amount of emotion that you can pull out of that, I think that's actually probably his biggest strength is just his ability to have the most ordinary everyday scenes and just doing... just working complete magic with them. Um, I didn't actually watch all of Extras. I can't remember why I didn't. I did watch a few episodes of it, um, and I also saw... uh, I did see his um, version of The Office. I do actually prefer the the US version, just because it's more expanded and you know it's uh, just got a bit of a wider scope. But um, I I did kind of relatively enjoy that. Um, I thought the I thought returning to David Brent with the life on the road thing was a somewhat of a strange choice, but it sort of worked out in the end. Um, but yeah, I think I think for me, Derek, Ricky Gervais show, and Afterlife are my sort of favorite and best things that uh, that he's done. Um, so yeah, that's most of our uh, spoiler-free kind of thoughts, our over, our, our, our over, overall uh, view on on things here. Um, so yeah, he's done a bunch of different types of things. Um, he's looking, I think, again to do something with Netflix next time. They did. I, I think I read a tweet or a Facebook post from him a few weeks ago, and he said that Netflix did offer him a fourth season of Afterlife, but he said to, to he wanted to wrap it up after three, which is good because that's like you know creative choice instead of just you know trying to mm-hmm. uh you know do what a network wants you to do sort of thing because those, those things can go in sort of different ways um i think i'll go i'll go first with this next question that i've got but what do you all want to see him do next i mean for me i would like him to do more ricky javert show stuff especially the way that they used carl in that and you had like carl's diary and uh, and that sort of thing, but he doesn't hit him. Stephen and um, Carl don't seem to necessarily be working together that much. I mean, Carl's kind of gone off and done his own own thing. Stephen's had that film come out. He's also been <clears throat> in that BBC show. Um, 
Warwick Davis, I'm not I'm not a particular fan of when he's worked with like Warwick Davis necessarily. Um I know he was in like I think the third season of Idiot Abroad, which obviously um Ricky and Steven were involved in as well, but they were more sort of behind the scenes <clears throat> type of things where it was just putting uh Ricky uh, uh Carl on, on screen, which was that was still very, very good, but that was more of a Carl Pilkington type of thing. Um I don't I, I'm at a point with him where I have things that I would like him to do, like I'd, I'd want him to work with Carl and Stephen again and do some more uh, Ricky Gervais show, but not, those things probably won't happen. But in terms of what I would want him to do, it's just the case for me where he's done such a good job with so many different types of things that I just are good at. It's that not necessarily brand trust, but more individual person trust, I suppose, um, where whatever he comes out with next, I'm going to watch and I'm going to, you know, um, give a try. To that because I I trust him as a as a creative person to do what he thinks he wants to do next. But um, David, I'll go to you first. What would you now that Afterlife has sort of wrapped up? What would you like to see Ricky actually do next? Um, difficult to say really. I mean, I like his stand up, and he hasn't done yeah, that yeah for a little like while. That. Um, I mean, I I like his stuff with Carl and Stephen. I'm uh, they're all kind of doing their own things at this point, and mm. uh, I mean, I'm not sure what else Carly's up to these days. But I mean, Stephen's doing. Um, I mean, Stephen's probably going to be reasonably busy with the BBC show because um, that's coming back for another season, and he writes that. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, Ricky himself. It will be something else on Netflix because he has basically said that yeah. nobody can offer him the same deal that Netflix <laughs> offers him, and the same, and just I mean, not, and he's not just talking about money; he's talking about the just the creative freedom of it. Um, because if you try to do it on, you know, BBC, where he did some of his original stuff, there is a certain amount of interference. I mean, you know, just red tape and stuff that they have to deal with with the BBC and it's sort of the same with Channel 4 and also you know you've got the fact that it has to sit in a particular time slot at at a particular length right. whereas with Netflix you just have an awful lot more creative freedom and they basically said you're Ricky Gervais you can do what you like um, so he's said it, he sees it highly unlikely that he will go anywhere else at this point i mean he's basically said that whatever he does he will stick with netflix um so i mean i'm not surprised netflix wanted more of this and i'm not surprised ricky said no because i mean they had to twist his arm to get like a third season i mean when he announced the third season he joked about sort of dropping a nuclear bomb on the town because that would like completely stop them from being able to kind of force him into doing <laughs> yeah, anymore I, I read that yeah um so i don't know i i it's difficult to know I, I, what he would come out with next i mean it would be interesting to see him do something a bit more out there or something you know whether it was a sci-fi show or something like that would be kind of interesting or um it would be nice to see him do something again that's more like this where he picks a theme whereas you know with this it was grief you know, whether he picks a specific theme for something um yeah. and and works the season works the show basically around that would be sort of another interesting thing um 
as to exactly what that is, it's very difficult to say because I'm not Ricky Gervais and I don't have his creative brain, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, mm. But yeah, I mean, I I will be watching whatever he does next because I really like his stuff and whether you like it or not, whether it kind of hits you or not, I think he does a very interesting job with whatever he does. You know, whether whether it kind of personally connects with you in the same way that something like Afterlife did. I think um, he he generally writes interesting and kind of unique, different perspectives on things. Very, you know, uh, it's something that like he makes him a person that is worth looking at his things when he releases new projects. But um, ultimately, I mean, I would like to see him do a bit more stand up because mm. as well, that, that's, you know, another stand up special will be good because they're always fun. Yeah, he he does really love animals and specifically dogs. Um, so maybe I, I know he had obviously the dog companion in in this uh, in this show, but maybe something like that might be might be interesting. I think if he sticks with the sort of everyday life type of thing so he can keep pulling on that strength that I, I talked about that I just think will automatically continue to work well because he's just so good at writing that type of stuff. So a- anything like that I, I think will be good. Um, if he does something sci-fi, so I, immediately I started thinking of um, that Steve Carell thinks it's Space Force. I think that would be, if he does something like like some sort of sci-fi space comedy, um, <laughs> that, that might be a bit strange maybe. I mean, it's Ricky Gervais, so maybe he could do it. Um, I, I think there needs to be a unique angle to it. It needs to be grounded right. in something if you're going to do something like that. I mean, as you say, he likes animals. I mean, whether you could do something that's set at an animal sanctuary or... I don't know. Um, it, it, there are... It's very difficult to know what sort of thing that he would kind of pick next, but I like I, I do like the things he's like with his with his stand-ups as well. Um, when they're themed around one specific thing, um, you know, because he did one that was based around animals and he did one that was based around politics, and and when he actually focuses on one subject, um, those are the things that tend to work best, I think, for his stuff. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, Gray, what about you? What would you like to see Ricky um, do next? As soon as he started to ask the question, I said, I wonder if Dave will say sci-fi because that is something <laughs> that he's not really delved into. Um, yeah. I, I mean, as much as I know that Ricky probably wouldn't want to, I, I'd love to see some of his like take on satire in the UK and, and politics maybe, um, but putting it in edge of the... Of the I'm trying to word it, get all my words out. Um, from the from the perspective of the normal person, like the normal voter, I'm not necessarily saying he should do like a behind the scenes of, of, you know, a political party, but um, politics from the the background perspective of, uh, you know, someone who is negatively affected by a political situation or something. I'm not sure. I'd go and see him writing satire quite well and being involved in that sort of area. So that would be one idea I would have. Um, I, I do like the idea of the animals as well. I know that he, um, in the past, wrote, wrote the Flanimal book. Um, yes. So I think that would potentially be something that could be a development for him if he was going to, to push that way, maybe try and appeal to a younger audience. Um, he has got some really uh, 
good points of view and his storytelling is really creative if he could tone down the adult content then i'm sure he could make uh, a piece that is more globally or widely accepted by audiences um so those would be my thoughts but i think whatever he does will surprise us and not what we expected because i don't I do not believe any of us would expect him to do such a, a, a groundbreaking drama on grief. Uh, I don't think that would have been in anyone's guesses um, a few years back. Yeah. 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 I mean, the other genre I like is obviously zombies and stuff, but I, I don't <laughs> know how that would work with, with Ricky necessarily. Um, I, I, I mean, it could be an interesting... I mean, that would that's like completely different to the, the strength I've talked about that he's got, which obviously zombies isn't like everyday life, normal kind of stuff, but... Again, it is Ricky Gervais, so maybe he could do something, some sort of comedy, Shaun of the Dead type thing with with zombies. I, I doubt he's going to go anywhere near zombies, but um, yeah, yeah, I think that's the 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 danger of doing either zombies or vampires or that sort of stuff is there are shows out there that that cover that so well in mm-hmm. you know or like you're going to get compared to Shaun of the Dead you're going to get compared to what we do in the shadows if you do anything that's in that sort of area yeah um because it would be very much that sort of um I think you you do expect him to go down that kind of real life route of um you know uh the the that kind of the which is sort of what they did with what they do in the shadows with uh the vampires you'd kind of expect more that kind of route for it but you know so if you did a zombie show like that it's going to get compared to things like what we do in the shadows and and uh the uh, um, shawn of the dead so mm. I, I think that would be a tricky one to, to <clears throat> yeah step yeah. into mm. i don't i also don't know if i've ever heard ricky talk about zombies before i was just saying in terms of genres that i like because obviously pointed out sci-fi with david mm-hmm. um but uh no it's probably, it's probably going to be something different to that but uh we shall see when when that's going to be um probably something on netflix again as we mentioned so uh, is there anything else either of you want to mention before we get into the spoiler section no i'm good no david? no i think we're good okay uh last thing i was going to mention is uh so we have rating systems here at entertainment talk and this is quite an easy must-see for me. Uh, obviously, we have um, must-see, don't skip, possible skip, and skip. Um, I think you'd both probably agree with me. A must-see, like the top rating that we've got, is uh, what's what's um, appropriate here, or, or the correct thing to, to kind of award this with. Would you both agree? Yes, yes. I, yes I agree, yes. Definitely, cool. yes. Cool, good. Um, so yeah, that's our initial spoiler-free thoughts on Ricky Gervais' Afterlife. Uh, let's get into a bit of housekeeping. Uh, let you know what else we've been up to on Entertainment Talk, and then we'll get into spoilers, but I'll give you a warning before we do that. So uh, stick around, and we'll see you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes 
for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, Classic Reviews has still continued on Wednesdays. This week's episode was for Season 5, Episode 9. I can't believe I started releasing those episodes nine weeks ago. That's just mad. Uh, but Season 5, Episode 9, and it's for Chicken Run. Um, really, really good uh, classic film, one that I absolutely love. And it was it was great to uh, to go back and, and watch that film. It was available on Netflix. I watched it just before sort of Christmas. That's when I recorded the episode. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but uh, check your streaming services. It's probably on something. So uh, Season 5, Episode 9 for Chicken Run. So that was good to discuss. Over on the United cast, uh, Man United drew 1-1 with Burnley away uh, because of a Harry Maguire mistake. Uh, but a very good goal from Paul Pogba and there was also two other goals that Man United scored that were disallowed so I discussed all of that that's been going on so that was some interesting stuff uh, over on Gaming Talk this week uh, we discussed Sony acquiring Bungie for $3.8 billion. Uh, one billion of that of which was to apparently keep the Bungie staff. So I discussed that with Robert if it was some sort of American thing or what the situation was with that. Uh, so we discussed um, both Microsoft's approach with, of course, recently acquiring uh, Activision and then Sony's approach with acquiring more sort of studios for talent instead of IP and that kind of thing. So we discussed that. We also uh, discussed the newest state of play for a game called Ghostwire Tokyo, which is a... Um, Bethesda PlayStation exclusive that was also obviously set in before all the uh, Bungie were uh, not Bungie um, Bethesda was purchased by uh, Microsoft but uh, we discussed that we discussed the new Halo TV show trailer which is going to be on Paramount Plus and we talked about the fact that Rockstar very just casually dropped information that Grand Theft Auto 06 is well uh, underway in development uh, they just sort of put it in like a paragraph in a big blog post so uh not that we didn't expect GTA 6 because, you know, Grand Theft Auto is one of the biggest games in the world. So uh, we discussed that over on the chat podcast. talked about December and January. So December for 2021 and January for 2022. Uh, December's ending meant that 2021 was the biggest year for entertainment talk. So thank you very much, everybody who participates and contributes uh, towards entertainment talk for uh, uh, getting that to sort of happen. Talked about my new job as well. So if you want to hear some details about what i'm doing and that kind of thing you can hear that and then just some general other chat because it is the chat podcast over on the other side of the united cast uh man united lost eight seven on penalties to middlesbrough so it was one one after 120 minutes and then it was eight seven on penalties uh quite a long match but uh what that meant is that middlesbrough have knocked manchester united out of the fa cup which is as di- is as, dif- as, a- as disappointing 
as it sounds, uh, so we won't be winning that this season. Uh, Man United play next on Saturday at half past 12 against Southampton, so look out for that. That's going to be the next episode. Over on the other Classic Reviews episodes, uh, for Season 5, Episode 8, I talked about The Simpsons. Not a particular episode or a particular season, but just the show as a whole, its iconic status in the world of media and entertainment and everything else surrounding it. Uh, So that was really good to talk about. Over on the DC side of things, I finally finished watching Supergirl Season 6, so I did a sort of series wrap-up, season review, series finale review type of thing for Supergirl, and then on the Marvel side of things, I did a must-see review for the first season of Hawkeye, which is on Disney+, Plus. and that is pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can also find us on your favourite podcast platform by searching for Entertainment Talk. Alright, if you've not finished the third season, so the third and final season of Ricky Gervais' Afterlife, you're going to want to switch the podcast off now. So if you're listening on a podcast player, click it off, press pause, mute it, do whatever you need to do. If you're listening on the website, you can click the home button, back, mute, pause, you know, one of those buttons uh, that will shut the podcast off. Then go and watch it, come back, and listen to the rest of this episode. Um... So there's two things I want to approach first, one of which is a few things that Gray said, and then I want to get everybody's thoughts on the ending, because David, you mentioned about the ambiguity, kind of, of of the ending. Um, So Gray, I want to kind of go to you first for a second. You said there was a few, did you say Marmite moments? Um, A a, a few things that didn't quite work in the third season. So what, what were those for you? Yeah, I suppose it's a Marmite moment because I've, I've spoken to other people who've watched it and mm-hmm. um, have like liked the development. Is I really struggled with the new character that joined um, the the newspaper um, and sort of joined and and she was very forthcoming in her opinions and the way she spoke. And I, I really struggled with that character and bringing them in in such a a last minute series edition. I just didn't, I just didn't um, feel akin to her character. I don't feel we'd had enough time to get to know her. Um, And in actual fact, I was a bit disappointed therefore that we didn't see Roxy, um, which was uh, Roisin Conaty from season one and season two. Um, So that was my, one of my main Marmite moments. And I know some people said they loved the character and actually it was a, a really interesting addition to the cast and someone who, um tony would really appreciate because they're very much like him and mm. saw things exactly how he saw things um and therefore i was just like i, I understood that but it was just that's just me that's my marmite moment hmm. okay yeah um i actually i'm in the camp of i actually quite like that character i i thought <laughs> uh, I, yeah i mean i uh i and Oops. i i get adding them last minute which is a bit of a problem but that was also slightly out of necessity because uh mandy dylan who played sandy who was the sort of previously newly hired journalist uh was busy filming so they they brought in a new character to replace them and then obviously because it was a new character they changed the what that character was and i thought that was kind of interesting to have her being somewhat morose and and you know very forthcoming in how her world was you know i I, so that i actually quite liked the the decision not to put in um roxy i thought was was a little weird because that was an active decision that wasn't um 
you know her being off somewhere not being able to do it it, it was an active decision not to put that character in because they they didn't think there was enough story there for her this time around um I, I, so it was a little weird that they didn't get her just to come back and do some bits and pieces um I, and i mean i i don't know maybe maybe it's sort of maybe she was off doing other stuff as well but i, I thought that was a that was a little strange that um she didn't really show up at all so uh but and and i like the character of roxy quite a lot as well i thought yeah, yeah that that was always kind of uh fun to have her on screen so um and you got sort of what was kind of going on through the conversations with pat uh joe wilkinson's uh postman character yeah uh so you did get sort of some of the background of what was happening but she was always off screen throughout it the other character that was missing was there uh, paul k the psychiatrist as well yes mm-hmm. hadn't he sort of moved on a bit from him in in season two because he started, I, I, he started I did... acting a bit crappy didn't he and then... yeah yeah no well i mean he really needed to because i mean that was i mean he was awful as yeah, a psychiatrist i mean yeah. just terrible psychiatrist um and i mean we got the sort of two buddies there um of of the of, of um the psychiatrist the um who who were the i think were were his sort of drinking yeah, mate yeah. getting their come up in the end as the well. kind of football hooligan type of yes type of people yeah <clears throat> Um, yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, I did like the new addition, the, the character as well from the the new uh, character that joined. I thought she was kind of interesting. I, I thought she was added at sort of just the right point where you got the point across that you wanted to or needed to with her story. Um, and I didn't feel like I need loads more depth. Um, and I did. I, I agree with what you kind of said, David, in the way that Tony, you know got on interestingly well kind of with that character because they did share certain similarities of like their their thoughts and ideas on on different things i suppose um and she did seem to be like him in in certain ways um i thought a few few of her scenes were particularly sort of interesting like the flat viewing stuff and the guys like oh there's a few like takeaway places around there and it's like no no we're we're going kind of kind of thing i thought that was uh done relatively well but then obviously she finds the uh apartment place sort of in the in the end i thought that was good um so the ending um i i am kind of jumping towards the ending but we i think we need to talk about the sort of ambiguity angle and sort of what we all took from it and then we can dive a little bit more into certain characters because i want to talk about um kath as well afterwards to me the ending signals to me that okay everybody's you know after the football hooligan people are kind of like sent away or whatever and everyone's kind of happy and stuff and everyone was sort of pairing up a little bit at the end as well like Kath and the and the postman and a couple of the other characters as well and I felt like it was Tony sort of maybe being as at peace as he could because he did have like a smile on his face he was kind of happy and he was he was seeing people around him in his life that were that were happier like Kath you know, finding the postman and then adopting a dog and, you know, all, all the different things that were happening to people. And you had this little, this nice little montage of um, everybody just kind of generally being happy and having a nice day. And I yeah. think for Tony, it was maybe sort of, not that he like needs a partner or whatever, but it, I think it was a case of like, okay, I don't have, like his partner's, you know, Lisa and she's obviously been gone and everything. And 
I think maybe for him that's an idea of he's very happy that the people around him have found seemingly happiness at least at, in in those moments in that scene and because his friend uh what was he called uh Lenny um takes a photo of him doesn't he and then Lenny sort of looks at the looks down at the camera and says sort of has this like face of oh he's not quite happy and what I thought that meant was Tony still will, will, will always be missing Lisa obviously like you know mm-hmm. big big part of his life that's kind of kind of gone he's not only not necessarily looking to replace that he's also sort of at, at the most peace that he can sort of be so and the and the the obviously the um partner he's got with him is his dog like his dog was then his you know life kind of partner life companion i think is a better word um in that way and it, i i think it was another sort of okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna go home again maybe get the wine out get the laptop out have the dog next to me and watch some videos of lisa that's that's what i felt like he was literally because he's walking on his way home and then he sort of you know disappears or whatever um that's what i got which is he's happy that other people in his life has found happiness and that's given him a certain level of happiness but he doesn't quite have the like his partner with him so that's still like the the sad part for him but then he does still have his companion which is the dog and then he kind of goes home after that that was sort of what i took from it but the i suppose the other interesting angle <clears throat> the way that you can look at it the way that maybe ricky's disappearing and i was thinking have they indicated that he's gone home to do something to himself but then i sort of backtracked on that idea because i thought okay he's like as he said to a few people in i think the first and the second season his dog saved his life so Mm -hmm. i think like his kind of goal in life is that way it's like okay your your dog saved your life your dog's a companion obviously this ties into ricky's love of dogs and pets and stuff and his job now is to okay if he goes home and does something to himself and his dog is left alone he's kind of let the dog down or that was kind of the angle i was sort of looking at that from um david what did you take from the from the ending yeah it was it was interesting it was I, there was a sort of slight hint of the um the black adder goes forth fading to poppies kind of thing about that ending because you've got you know him walking off into the distance and then then you know um lisa sort of is there with him and disappears Mm -hmm. and the dog disappears and then he disappears uh i didn't take that as being a sort of um you know him going to kill himself which i know some was one of the things that that some people took away i i I saw it as a bit more ethereal than that of him kind of you know being in a happy place and then it's almost kind of time moving forward of uh you know we all die however long you're on this earth at some point you all die and mm-hmm. and it's it, it that's sort of all it was kind of representing i you know there, there's just the 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 way he left was he's content for the first time in a very long time um I, one of the other things i felt found very interesting was there would have been the a strong temptation for a lot of people to to pair up Tony and Emma, the nurse, right, at yeah. the end of it, and um, he avoided that. You know, she she goes off and finds somebody else, but they're still friends, and she understands that he is still in love with his wife, and 
you know, he he can't, he's not through that yet. Um, but it there is a sort of hopeful thing to the end of, you know, that they're all gathered together. Everybody is pairing up. Everybody is happy and he's happy for them. You know, he's happy that, that things are brighter for a change and he can see something, you know, he seems to be able to see a future and the, the sort of the kind of fading away thing at the end, as I say, I, there is a slight hint for me of the sort of black adder goes forth, fade to poppies sort of thing at the end of it, of it kind of, you know, this happened, but life's moved forward. And I, yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was, it was somewhat ambiguous, but I, I thought it was an interesting way to end it. And, um, you know, I, I don't think he was going, I, I don't think he was going somewhere to, to do anything nefarious or anything. I think he, it's just, uh, you know, he was, it's, it's life moves on at the end of it, you know? Um, I think it was a really beautiful way to finish it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Gray, what did you think of the ending? Yes. Um, as well as it being ambiguous, I know that um, some people did want to speculate that it was uh, uh, looking at potentially him and suicide again. However, um, he, they covered that in, in previous seasons and that as a topic, as that as a stage of grief and wanting to try and, be with his wife was his only way through it so they, they've explored that and i think it's more than that it, it is very much picking a, a parts of what you've both said it, it's ricky's sort of trying to let people know that seasons change and seasons change in everyone's life yeah and this is a moment where the seasons will change the dog will eventually pass and he will eventually pass and they'll all be together at one time he's just got to let it be and let people around him live their lives um and he has helped sort of help help them make steps in their own lives to become better um because he that in him in turn makes him become better um because that's one of the biggest problems he's been struggling with becoming a better person as well so um i like the ambiguity and what i like is that anybody who deals with grief who has dealt with grief in a different way depending on their circumstances can take a different interpretation from that and i think that was very key to the message um and that we can all see a different way through grief um by using one of the many characters in the in the community and seeing how they deal with things and how they accept things so um that's how i saw it but you know that's why i like that we all have different um versions and it's not just a one uh, way that we should see it and everyone's gonna be oh no i'm right it's it's actually no we've got great different viewpoints and, and that should be valued and that that makes a good you know maker of television or a good writer in my opinion that they can develop that from their audiences yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i really liked uh the ending and everything um on the emma thing that i think you mentioned david um yeah i, I agree in in the way of I think if it had have literally been series finale, let's pair everybody up, including Tony and Emma, I felt like that would have just been a touch too predictable. But then as we went through, it was either the fifth or the sixth episode, because uh, the sixth one was a tiny bit longer, um, they made it quite clear. I, I think with that interaction, I think it was in the woods when uh, Tony was walking his dog, and um, Tony sort of walks up to Emma and the the new guy, 
and it was it's just a very basic like hey how are you doing kind of thing yep all good and then they kind of like walked along not as if there was any like bad blood between them but it was just a very simple yep everything's good and we don't need to like talk about anything necessarily i felt like that was the sort of okay whether emma stays with that guy or not or something changes later i think it was um tony sort of really definitively decide like because they did even talk about it them between themselves emma and tony between themselves of like uh, like are, are we going to go out and this kind of stuff and um they did have that sort of drinkers friends knit i think it was in the fifth episode um and then they just they just sort of settled that on you know you used to look after my dad and we're, we're friends and 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 that was that was basically that so i i did like how it evolved avoided not uh, you can call it a trope if you want to i suppose the sort of we have to pair everybody up together yeah. kind of thing mm. of like yeah we're gonna compare we're gonna pair a couple of people up like we're gonna give you a hint that um calf is gonna go out at the postman and and these sorts of ones they might not all work out but it, it gives them all that kind of because that's like kind of what Kath was looking for and stuff. So she was talking about her loneliness and then she found the dog thing where she could adopt a dog. Um, so that just gave her that little bit of happiness and the postman that little bit of happiness, which in turn, in that final moment sort of with Ricky, it was sort of everything's, everything's good right now. And that everything good doesn't require him to be with Emma. But he can still be, you know, civil and good friends with Emma without taking that that further and i i did like the the balance of the of the story there because sometimes you do watch certain things as like okay you two are definitely going to get together by like the series finale and then it very predictably sort of happens um which is a little bit of like an old sitcom type of thing i guess mm-hmm. um which, which is okay if you if you do that but certain situations it's more interesting to not do that and i felt like that's how it uh how it played out here um do you both kind of agree with that yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, speaking of Kath, I do want to talk about her character and stuff. Um, I somewhat gravitated towards some of the, you know, her, her, her kind of loneliness and, and and that sort of thing, and this sort of difficulty to find a nice guy. And she goes on this a couple of these dates with guys. The one guy who's like, I was ten percent of so and so, and is all like, you know, bitter and everything, and and a nasty person. Um, and seeing her, not it wasn't nice to watch, but obviously it ended up pretty well with the the dog scene and and her talking with the postman, and with the notable thing of like him kneeling down to pick up the bit of paper and those, those small little kind of details, um, as opposed to the other date that she had where she tipped the spoon on the floor and then the guy was like, "What are you doing?" kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so even though it was kind of d- difficult to watch those dates, more so with the first one because it was both a bit longer and it was sort of more like this guy's just an arsehole in yeah. terms of like him him saying like oh i'm more into art and oh you're into this like um what's that thing that calf was into horoscopes is it it's like yes. oh you're into that like nonsense and okay just because you don't um fully agree with the way somebody looks at things it doesn't mean you have to be rude about it this was and... tim key the teacher character wasn't it yes yeah, yeah, I think oh my word what a character guy. yeah and uh, i felt like okay Yes, it wasn't nice to watch her go through those things, but it was, now that you look back at it, it was sort of almost necessary progression in that kind of way. Um, and I guess her kind of learning from that and stuff. Um, David, did you have any thoughts on, I guess, Kath's journey? It, it just kind of stuck out to me a, a bit more with the loneliness and that sort of thing. 
Yeah, I I think th- they really gave her a kind of much more of an arc in the mm. third season of uh, rather than just being this sort of slightly annoying background character which she sort of was in the in the first couple of seasons they gave her much more of an arc in the third season and uh, one of the advantages of course of of taking Roxy out of of this is it 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 puts Pat in a place where you can sort of end up pairing them up with Kath at the end without having to be a sort of awkward extended stuff of him breaking up with Roxy and then, yeah, you know, yeah. so, so I, I can sort of see how that actually helps it flow better. And um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting what they did with her and it was about people sort of trying to move on as you know the entire show is about people trying to move on from whatever it is and you know with her it's her trying to to sort of move on and find a new relationship and under understanding that you know what she thinks she's looking for isn't like it might not actually be what she needs or what she genuinely want um and and her coming to terms with that mm-hmm. so I thought that was really lovely how they handled that. Uh, it was sort of really interesting and different. Mm-hmm. Gray, what do you think of um, Kath? I really like the development this season. Uh, yeah. I think um, she started off very much like a little bit of a background character in season one, and I really like the way she's developed and become her, her own. I think it actually says a lot about Diane Morgan as well and her yes. sort of her brilliance as an actress and the range of characters she has across screens at the moment. If you think about her motherland character to Kath, to Mandy, who's on BBC um, and Philomena Kunk as well. She's, she's got a, there's a style, but there's also a real breadth to that style as well. Um, And I really enjoy seeing her across these roles and yeah, I think her interaction with Tim Key, who played the teacher character on her day, was just some of the best, like, awkward comedy I've ever yeah. seen. You know, you wanted... I was laughing, but there was obviously nothing else going on for me to laugh. There's no, like, canned laughter or that moment. It was just... I can't... You know, people like that exist. And it felt extreme, oh, yeah. but I know mm-hmm. people like that exist. And yeah. I heard I heard Tim Key in an interview recently saying how much hate he'd got online for (laughs) playing that character um uh, he said he could tell when people had started watching his episode because he started getting like these responses some people (laughs) praising him for obviously bringing that sort of character to light but other people really trying to defend kath because they've become real sort of fans of uh of diane morgan's character and sort Mm. of like giving him a bit of abuse uh through social media about how horrible he was to her um but uh yeah yeah i i think she i think she deserves a spin-off if uh i know it probably wouldn't be written by ricky but if if like diane morgan could find you know she could write it she's written some good characters she deserves a spin-off if anyone does (laughs) yeah decent idea yeah see see where uh, her journey goes um yeah i've i've spoken to people like that at not like one-on-one dinners but sort of like you know family gatherings or dinners and stuff and it's just like you that those types of people you know they just think that, that no, no matter what they're better than everybody else and no matter what you say to them it just it, it always kind of goes that way but it was interesting to see and yeah he did play a forever good job with that 
Um, who else should we talk about? I would like to talk about uh, Matt, who's, I believe he's the... Brother-in-law. Yes, that one, yeah. Um, I thought his arc was interesting this season. I thought that uh, the sports montage, obviously as a bit, as a bit more of a sports <laughs> person myself, there's no football there, but obviously table tennis and tennis and that kind of stuff. And Tony's just absolutely destroying him at everything. <laughs> and I thought that was great. At certain points, I was sort of looking at the way Tony was playing things like table tennis, and I've I've played table tennis before. I'm all right at it. And it's like, how are you doing that well? And he's the way he's just smashing the ball. It's like it's fair game the way he's kind of playing it and stuff. And uh, like the tennis, and Matt's really really struggling to uh, get the get the ball and stuff. And obviously they go to play. Um, What's the game in that hall thing that they? Uh, it's squash. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Um, I haven't played that myself before, but I've I've seen parts I have of it. Been years. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and then yeah, kind kind of delving into because obviously he has that sort of attack thing and ends up in hospital for a little bit. Kind of digging into his stress and sort of uh, Tony unintentionally contributing sort of towards that, but then. Tony just sort of literally saying to him in hospital, like, you, you've just got to learn to calm down. And you, you see yeah. the way that uh, Matt um, acts, not just towards Tony, but in his everyday work situation. Obviously, there's the, the prank sort of near the end with the horn, and he gets really, really annoyed and uh, falls over with the boxes, which I thought was, was kind of fun. Um, yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting point for that. Obviously, he's one of the people that gets the, the money at the end, which I thought was good. Um yeah, Dave, I'll go to you first again, David. Uh, what do you think of Matt's uh, journey? Yeah, it's an interesting one with Matt because it's it's something that I think a lot of people uh, would probably connect with in that it's somebody that is taking life uh, maybe too seriously. And, you know, the, the, the whole thing, the sports battle stuff between him and Tony is very much him needing to try and sort of almost ego under the guise of sort of helping Tony and Tony's like just killing him at every single like game. Um, and, and Matt sort of feels like, yeah, cause Matt's obviously the type of person that thinks, well, you know, he's a slob. I'm like, I'm quite fit. I, I should be able to beat him at this. And the fact yeah, that yeah. Tony batters him down at every opportunity and kind of puts him back in his box and he's not, but he's not doing it maliciously. He's sort of doing it, I think more for his Matt seems to be trying to do it, claiming to do it for Tony, but really he's doing it for his own benefit because, you know, things aren't quite going right for him and he needs to feel, you know, superior in some way. I mm. thought that doing this with Tony would be a way of kind of getting him there. And, you know, he's just taking it way, way too seriously. And the one thing Tony is sort of <laughs> teaching him is you need to calm down. You need not to take life so seriously. You need to like relax and, otherwise you end up having a heart attack that's you know um so i i thought i i thought that was kind of an interesting little dynamic of and, and sort of shows the difference of of how those two characters live their lives as well um i i, I really really like what they did with that i thought it was a really interesting um setup this season mm-hmm. yeah that was that was great uh Great. What do you think of uh, Matt's character? I think it's also a look at grief from a different angle. 
Yes, and because obviously we've got to remember his connection as well. And I think there is that bravado element, but it's also the way he's dealing with grief and his role as a father um, to Mm -hmm. his son. And I think that there are lots of dynamics there about masculinity that Ricky sort of plays on. um, Mm -hmm. And it's a different approach to dealing with with grief again. Um, And I'm sure there are a lot of characters, if they can't see themselves in Tony, will will see themselves in Matt instead. And and therefore... I see that as a as a sort of like a development for that character, um, but yeah, really, and you know, Tom Bastard who plays him, I hadn't really come across his work before this, and I thought he was a really interesting um, character, and I think he's a is a really he's he's now an actor that I now recognise the face of. He's a sort of someone you didn't before, and now like he's popped up in a couple of other things since, and I'm like, oh, he's from Afterlife, and and that's really good to see. Um, he's work with Diane Morgan in Mandy, for example, um, and, and plays a, a character in there. And so, yeah, I really, really um, like how he brought Matt's character across on screen. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Thought it was, uh, thought it was great. Uh, is there any other characters that any of you want to talk about? I um, mean, <laughs> I was going to talk about like um, David Earl's character, Brian, um, right. And the, the almost how, <laughs> in some cases, that repulsed it repulsed me, but also I felt sad for him as well. Um, and like the journey he's gone on, and the way like he's going through his problems with his ex-wife, and um, that you know he's run off with another man, and the the filming of sex and the threesome, and and oh, I boy. just think like yeah. yeah he's a, a, such a good character but it's got that equality of repulsed but you're seeing that repulsion through um sort of the young boy's eyes who's gone and moved in with him um yeah. and also seeing it through tony's eyes it's like oh come on man sort yourself out um but yeah i just thought he was a really interesting character and he is you've got to love him or hate him and and see how he develops as well um and again that's that's an element of loneliness there as well isn't it so that isn't it's not oh, on yeah, a different yeah. scale of Kath, but there's that loneliness and just wanting that connection, but finding yeah. it in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, tell, I tell you what, speaking of the um, scene between Brian and the, the young young boy, um, a scene I actually found, I wasn't like bursting out with laughter, but I thought it was quite like funny and interesting. As, as somebody who came out only a few months ago, it was it was like a half accidental almost coming out scene because he he goes to speak to his his uh parents and um he's like oh i've got something to tell you and then the mum's like yeah yeah we've known for a while and he's like oh you think he's you think he's about to say he's gay don't you um it's like one of them kind of scenes and then um he's like obviously talks about moving in with brian um i i just i don't know i had a little sort of mini connection with the with that scene, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> it's almost, it is one of them types of things. It was like, oh, mum, I've got something to, mum and dad, I've got something to tell you. It's like, yeah, 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 okay, this, this is, this is when our son's coming out. Um, that's not exactly how it played out in my uh, situation, but um, <laughs> obviously it all worked out all, all good. Um, but uh, I, I thought that was a particularly sort of interesting one. Um, David, what do you think of Brian and maybe that scene and uh, yeah. everything else? Yeah, no, I mean, I, Brian is an interesting character because of the fact that he is, he's designed to be so repulsive throughout. Uh-huh. Um, and 
it was it was sort of nice to see even the characters like that 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 you know that you mentioned it before great about a lot of it is about connection and mm. you know it, it's about the the third season in particular it was it's about the connections between the various different people and people searching for some form of connection with somebody else uh and i mean that's sort of been there throughout but particularly this third season is that you know you've got um those you know people trying to find this way forward from connecting people i mean you've had that um with Anne as well the the widow which who was uh, sort of lesser used in this third season i think but um then but i i really love those discussions certainly in the first two seasons where um tony sits sort of finds Anne this widow at the graveyard and sort of sits down with her and i thought those discussions were particularly interesting and um you know but again she also is sort of finding trying to find a way to move on and move forward mm. so um yeah it's it, it, there's there's a lot of that in this particular season of, of people just trying to find the next stage you know um I mean, it's the along with Tony, it's sort of same with Matt and same with Kath and and you know Aiden Brian. You know, it's, it's trying to find what the next stage is for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So we talked about some of the like grief elements, some of the moving on kind of moments. Uh, so this is also a comedy, so I do want to talk about some of the some of the moments that made us laugh. Um. I take a couple of moments that I really enjoy. It's kind of a two sort of connecting scenes. Ones where um. It's in the trailer, actually, so I was looking forward to seeing how the whole thing played out. When Tony goes with uh, Matt to the pub and just wants to pour, like, a slight bit of his dad's ashes on the carpet. And Tony's, you know, the bartender guy, the pub owner, comes over and is like, what are you doing? You're disgu- you know, yeah. he disagrees with it. And then even Tony's, <clears throat> even Tony's sort of saying, like, I know this is going to get probably hoovered up, but this was his dying wish. I just want to put it in this little corner of this pub. And he throws them both out. And then... <laughs> he throws some of the ashes in his face and he's like yeah. uh, what, what, it says something like I I think some of that went in my mouth he's like good I hope that was his dick or, or whatever Yeah, yeah. and then they, the, Matt and Tony both kind of walk away and then reflect and then Tony's, uh, Matt sort of repeats what Tony said and they both laughed I thought that was yes. that was quite funny um, did you both like that sort of moment David did you like that one yeah, yeah, I I thought that that scene was wonderful. I I really really liked that scene. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I liked when we I liked when we saw that in the trailer, and I was like, hmm, I I I want to see the, like the scene just before and the scene sort of yeah. just after, see how how that sort of works out. Um, Gray, did you like that one? Yeah, I did. Um, one of my <laughs> sort of cringe scenes, but also made me laugh, was the coffee shop and the oh, dad that was brilliant. and his baby oh, yeah. and the and talking I to to Lenny. I I was just I could I I, I agreed, but also was cringing inside that the sort of that cringe humor. Yeah, that's um, cringe. Yeah, and yeah, that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and um, another scene just was to add on was was the bath scene that when he was in the bath and he was on the loo and um, it, Brian yeah. and Ethan and it was just like oh my god, this is actually happening. Um, but yeah, I really love that scene as well. So that, though, mm. some really good um, sort of like set pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
There, yeah, there, mean, there was a similar one, I think, before that when he's in his mum and dad's house. And they yeah. start, like, talking about his balls and stuff. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on him in the, in the, in the bathroom, that was... Uh, amusing and then the young guy is kind of like um i'm in the bath like what, what are you both doing it here uh i thought that was that was good um the other what? kind of the other kind of connecting scene i liked that was slightly after the one i uh just talked about was um people that don't stop at the crossing things and then he gets the uh cactus little plant later after that sort of kind of awkward um <laughs> drinks thing and yeah. then he actually throws it through the window <laughs> Um, yeah. I, I do like when Ricky writes not just his characters but other characters that sort of aren't afraid to do those kinds of things um, yeah. but for like sort of the, I mean you can agree or disagree with like some of his choices but some of it works out kind of interestingly well like the one that you're talking about Gray with the, uh, at the the restaurant thing at, or the, mm. the diner thing and you're like okay he is ex- he is kind of deliberately exaggerating his um point but he's getting his point across and he's like he switched the scenario around there where like even when you're trying to hear um what's the character's name uh lenny and uh tony talk and you like me as the audience i'm trying to listen to what they're saying and you can just hear this like noise in the background and then you know that that's going to set tony off and then it almost switches itself around where you know he's saying tony's saying stuff to uh lenny and then it's upsetting the, the the dad, so I thought that was interesting the way that was that was switched around. But that's the type of thing I'm talking about, where that's such a normal everyday scene of like people in this place where you can get drinks and and whatever, and like okay, a dad with his kid and two you know middle aged kind of guys sitting and having a chat, like a really just normal everyday thing. But the amount of creativity and just excellence you can get out of something like that from Ricky, I think is just really really stand out. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, some some of my favourite set pieces uh, out of the entire show have been the interviews, uh, as well though, uh, uh, which always make me laugh. It, like you know when they 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 go and like there's one in series three where they go and interview some swingers, and uh, and it's just the the way they have this conversation of people are being re- it's the type of local newspaper like ridiculous story mm-hmm. that that they go and interview people and and. Um, I just love the way it kind of gets to a point and, and then Tony just turns to Lenny and goes, take a picture. <laughs> it just, just makes me laugh yeah. every single time. <laughs> when it gets to a point of awkwardness and they're yeah. both sort of looking at each other and it's like, okay, n- now's the point when we're leaving. It's just, just get the picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. It's like the tone of voice that he puts across there as well. Um, yeah. Of uh, just, just, just do it or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was that was good. And, and again, yeah, again with those, like you said, with those interview scenes, you've got some that are more sort of okay. So it's kind of awkward but kind of funny with the swingers thing, and then you've got like the older the, the old lady who like had her money stolen. You're like, this is really really sad. And then you get a different type of okay, take the picture kind of thing of like they can't believe this yeah. is that like sure these things happen and we're unfortunately kind of used to it. You shouldn't be, but it's sort of. Again, the the kind of just take the picture thing. Yeah, I I, I mean, um, I I could almost watch a show of of them just the two of them just going in to interview people. Like you know, if if they did like mm-hmm. little ten minute ten minute like shows that that were literally just that of them going in to interview somebody, I I could almost watch like just just little episodes of just them going to interview somebody. And I think that almost could be a show on its own. 
um, those. I think they're really funny, those. Mm. Yeah, those are those are really really good, uh, and you get a decent kind of variety about it as as well. Um, mm-hmm. And you get certain scenes where because Lenny's usually a bit more the the quieter one, and Tony's the one sort of asking the questions, which makes sense because you know they're yeah. their personalities. And then you get ones where like the uh, the reading part, the w- w- woman that had written that book, and like Tony's out and out sort of asking questions about yeah. okay what happens in this part and this part and the woman's actually saying like oh i didn't kind of write that i think about that and um the, 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 the disbelief on tony's face sometimes of like huh like you know what's kind of going on here sort of thing i think was uh was interesting um yeah those were a couple of like the funny moments that sort of stuck out and and that sort of thing so um is that everything we want to discuss anything else i review to want to want to talk about yeah, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Good, good. Uh, so yeah, that's our thoughts on the third season and the series of uh, Afterlife from Ricky Gervais. We'll see what he does next. David, I'm sure you'll post about whatever that is on, on Geek Town, whenever that happens. So um, if you want to be notified of when those things happen, uh, geektown.co.uk and there's Geek Town Radio as well. I meant, I'll mention that. Uh, probably a bit later on as well. Um, but yeah, for those of you who've listened to this, if uh, assuming that you've made it all the, all this way through and you've you've seen the show and you've obviously heard the spoilers and whatnot, uh, let us know what you thought. What did you what what did you make of the the ending? Um, what's your kind of take on that? What did you think of the different characters, the different moments, the different scenes, situations, those sorts of things? Everything else that we've discussed, and uh, what do you also want and think Ricky Gervais is going to do next? We shall see what he announces uh can let us know those thoughts feelings questions comments whatever you've got uh matthew at entertainmenttalk.org there's twitter etalk uk contact page and information in your show notes if you're looking on the website version of this episode there's a big email box you can put your email you message in there you just scroll down a bit you can't really miss it uh and you can send us a message that way there's also a clickable email name that you can use in the show notes as well too send us a message that way as well in the meantime uh, there's going to be a bunch of stuff over the next couple of days actually as well uh, so if you want to keep up to date with what we're doing uh, TV, video games, films, Manchester United podcasts, uh, it's going to be obviously the game on Saturday and Tuesday and other podcasts as well uh, you can find it all on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games films, Manchester United podcasts so check out all of that uh, <clears throat> if you like what you've heard today and you want to hear more and support more of what we're doing you can either just listen to more episodes yourself, there's a bunch available on the two places I've just mentioned you can also use word of mouth and social media let other people know about what we're doing and where they can find it whether they like this stuff or not just tell them anyway uh, and uh, they can uh, discover what we've got what we've got to so tell them what we do and where they can find it either by normal word of mouth or spread the word around on social media uh, you can also support us through patreon if you'd like to do that one dollar three dollar level tiers ad free podcast review options take a look at that as well if you'd like to uh, david what's going on with uh, geek town at the moment uh, at the moment, we've just put out a uh, new Geek Town Radio podcast, so that's gone up. We reviewed uh, Reacher, and me and Daryl uh, chatted in, in depth about the Eternals and our thoughts on that. So that was that was the latest episode um, which up on there. Reacher, great series if you've uh, not caught that yet. We also talked a bit about Murderville, and uh, I know what you did last summer, and a couple of other shows as well. So uh, that's on Geek Town Radio at the moment, and of course there are lots of air dates and trailers and all sorts of things coming out right now uh, there's a press tour going on in the US so there's, there's 
stuff coming out daily so uh, there's lots of news going up right now and uh, renewals and things returning like future armor and all sorts of stuff so uh, go and check that out on geektown.co.uk cool and uh, geek town radio gets released on tuesdays so look out for yes. those episodes uh, bex is also part of this whole thing uh you can find her streaming basically daily very regularly over on twitch trista b-y-t-e-s uh, i believe she's moved on to tomb well tomb failure 2 i think is what it's called tomb raider 2 yeah. obviously uh, from the original playstation games uh she's doing that mondays at seven i think that's over on twitch trista b-y-t-e-s go and give her a follow for all of her great content over there and some charity work that she does now and again she does some really great stuff over there you can also find me on twitch as well etalk uk for my different video game streams the pez coach mode will be back soon i'll let you all know when that's going to be just had a few things going on uh if you want to find me on twitch like i said etalk uk you can follow me for those different streams and whatnot and if you've missed any of those streams they are now up to date archived on youtube that's entertainment took plays over on youtube and loads and loads of fun game clips and stuff whenever something funny or interesting happens in cod there's like these little can be as short as 15 seconds two minutes or whatever these little call of duty clips and game clips and stuff that i put there's there's loads of them up there now so entertainment took plays if you want to find all that and before we go uh gray where can people find you online I think I'm over to follow me on Twitter at Grey the Geek. Um, just see me tweeting about all sorts of uh, TV things, film things, also just general uh, life things as well. Cool, cool. And you can also find Grey now and again over on Geek Town. So you can also find me there as well now and again. So go and check out everything that we've mentioned. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.